1: Knowing God, growing in God, and then going out for God. That's all straight ahead on today's broadcast of Truth For Today, our weekend edition, coming right up. From Valley Bible Church in Hercules, hi there and welcome. This is our weekend edition of Truth For Today. As we continue our mini-series, Know, Grow, and Go, we come to the final installment, if you will, the going part. If you know God and grow in God, eventually the desire will be to go out for Him, to be about His business, doing His will. What does that look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. We have some answers for you. With today's broadcast of Truth For Today,
2: our teacher and pastor, here's Pastor Phil Howard. Looking at the subject of Knowing God, we're talking about this being the goal for the church, is that you might know God, and I hope that you do know him. The purpose of eternal life, John seventeen three, is that you might know God. And uh, for God to know you, it's a scary thing in Matthew 7 to show up before the judgment and be saying that you know Christ, and he doesn't know you. And he says to those, I never knew you. You never were mine. You're claiming me. You've been using my name. You've been doing some extraordinary miracles in my name, but I don't know you. Do you know him? Does he know you? This is eternal life, eternal life. Last week, we were looking, or two weeks ago, uh, if you know him, are you growing in him or are you stagnant? Uh, where Second Peter 1 says we are to keep growing, adding to our knowledge, growing in grace, growing in the knowledge of the Lord, and that uh, we don't have one year experience repeated 20 times, that we're literally making progress, that we're growing in the Lord. And so we were looking at that. Now today, we want to look at Matthew 28, and let me read another passage, two other passages with it, that are the last words Christ said to his disciples before he ascended into heaven, or perhaps afterwards, and he says to them in Matthew 28, uh, verse. we'll begin at verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's his prerogative. I've got the authority. I've got the power. Then go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Four Ps, that would help you. The prerogative of Christ. All authority has been given to me. Two, the program of Christ. This is his program. Go disciple the nations. Baptizing them. I'll be, go do that. Teaching them. Third thing is the promise of the presence of Christ. Lo, I'm with you in doing this assignment. Carried out. And then I would add, he gave a promise that he and the Father would send the Spirit because he knew we needed the help to carry out this. It's very scary to start out being a Christian in 33 AD. When you're in the city where Christ was crucified, the Roman government is in charge, and it's emperor worship, pagan worship, and all of a sudden, to go out to a hostile world that has just crucified your Savior and King, they needed power. They had fled once. They were cowardly. Uh, A scary assignment, I think, just as any of us would be afraid, he said— I'll, be, I'll give you the power to carry out this assignment. I'll give you the power. Now, uh, look at Luke 24. Just to give you some complimentary passages, look at what it says. If you look at it, he's talking to the men on the Emmaus Road. And in Luke 24, 46, it said, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Now something interesting about this word nations. Let me give you the Greek word and see if you figure it out. Proclaim it to all ethnos. Ethnos. We get our word ethnic. National borders and boundaries change on the map. I think of the former Soviet empire and all these other states that have broken off. National lines could change. It's go to every ethnic group, every language group, every uh, thing that you would consider a demographically distinct people. Go to them, not go to national boundaries, but to every ethnic group on the face of the earth. That's the goal. Get it as far out as we can. Beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Let me read to you another verse from Romans 10. Romans 10. Let us begin Uh, We'll pick up from verse 13. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What a glorious promise. Wonderful. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, I don't think it's they're yelling out, oh, my God. That's not the idea. They're not just taking God... They're calling on him for his help to be saved. But he goes on and he asks us some questions. And the questions go this way. Uh, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear... Without someone preaching, proclaiming the word. And how are they to preach unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Uh, the assignment of God's church is to be going in fulfilling this commission, starting in your hometown. And they were to work out geographically. And when you read the book of Acts, they stayed in Jerusalem. They did not want to go. Guess what got them out of Jerusalem? The martyrdom of Stephen. Acts 7. Persecution and killing got them out of the city limits. And so Philip goes down to Samaria and uh, joins himself to the Ethiopian eunuch that had come from Africa to Jerusalem to worship, and explains to him Isaiah 53 and baptizes him. It works its way out eventually, gets beyond Samaria, and of course it had gone to Judea. Then it begins to go to the uttermost parts. By the time the book of Acts is uh, completed, Paul has reached Rome with the gospel. He'd reached Greece, Corinth. He'd reached Asia Minor, Ephesus, He'd, he'd reached many, had gone a long way out. Now, remember, they didn't catch a plane. They didn't have any uh, uh, faxes, no phones. You had to get there. You had to get there overland or by a ship. So it was a going church that went. God got them out, spread the gospel. Let me read something to you uh, that's interesting. That. This was published by Church Growth in America, and it goes this way. Now, it came to pass that a group existed who called themselves fishermen. And lo, there were many fish in the waters all around. In fact, the whole area was surrounded by streams and lakes filled with fish, and the fish were hungry. Week after week, month after month, and year after year, these who called themselves fishermen... Met in meetings and talked about their call to go about fishing. Continually they searched for new and better methods of fishing, for, for new and better definitions of fishing. They sponsored costly nationwide and worldwide congresses to discuss fishing and to promote fishing and to hear about all the ways of fishing, such as the new fishing equipment, fish calls, and whether any new bait was discovered. These fishermen built large, beautiful buildings called fishing headquarters. The plea was that everyone should be a fisherman and every fisherman should fish. One thing they didn't do, however, they didn't fish. All the fishermen seemed to agree that what is needed is a board which could challenge fishermen to be faithful in fishing. The board was formed by those who had the great vision and courage to speak about fishing, to define fishing, and to promote the idea of fishing, In faraway streams and lakes where many other fish of different colors lived. Large, elaborate, and expensive training centers were built whose purpose was to teach fishermen how to fish. Those who taught had doctorates in fishology. But the teachers did not fish. They only taught fishing. Some spent much study and travel to learn the history of fishing and to see faraway places where the founding fathers did great fishing in the centuries past. They lauded the faithful fishermen of years before who handed down the idea of fishing. Many who felt the call to be fishermen responded. They were commissioned and sent to fish. And they went off to foreign lands to teach fishing. Now, it's true that many of the fishermen sacrificed and put up with all kinds of difficulties. Some lived near the water and bore the smell of dead fish every day. They received the ridicule of some who made fun of other fishermen's clubs. They anguished over those who were not committed enough to attend the weekly meetings to talk about fishing. After all, were they not following the master who said, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Imagine how hurt some were when one day a person suggested that those who don't catch fish were really not fishermen, no matter how much they claimed to be. Yet it did sound correct. Is a person a fisherman, if year after year, He or she never catches a fish. There's one following if they're not fishing. I will make you experts on fishing, or I will make you fishers of men. And so, let's look at Matthew 28 and what is being said there. It goes this way. Let me give you a little uh, Greek lesson here. Not too hard. The main verb, the main verb is make disciples of every ethnic group on the globe. Make disciples. And then he has three participles, which in Greek is a way to uh, amplify the verb. Go disciple. How do we do this discipling? Three participles. By going, by baptizing, by teaching, but the first thing you got to do is determine I'm going to make disciples out of this this group, whoever that is. That's the assignment. How? How? Well, I must go first of all. Now, I've given you uh, this little study here for a home study. You don't have to do it now, and I thought it'd be a nice thing for you to. This week for your devotions, most people don't even know what a disciple is. How could you do it? And it's a basic word to be a follower, to be a learner. Uh, and so, hey, I've been assigned to go and turn people into followers of Christ. Well, uh, how do I do that? Well, he said there's three ways you do it. You do it by going. And then those who buy your message, you baptize them, and then you teach them. And it's interesting, the last two words of the Great Commission there's two lost words we never quote. We say, teaching them what? Geography, uh, Hebrew, Greek, church history. Teach them to obey what Christ taught and the teachings of Christ have now been put in book form. We've got his teachings in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then in his apostles, he gave them the rest of the message. So the New Testament can, is the containing the teachings of Christ. Teach it. Obey it. We're not under Moses. We're under Christ. Obey his teaching. Don't just teach to teach. Some people never want to pay any attention To what I ought to obey. Go fishing. Let me teach you how to fish, but I never fish. Let me tell you what he said. Do you do it? No, but I teach what he says, and I'm absolutely correct. Matter of fact, I even know Greek. Do you do what he says? So, the first thing in fulfilling this discipling mandate is uh, go. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means be intentional yourself, intentionally start the dialogue, the conversation of going after people who presently are not followers of Christ and intentionally make the contact that you go and you're fishing for them. Now, to win your world, we in January, we're going to start our home studies up. And we're going to, our first study is we're going to spend a month on how to reach your world for christ how to reach your world now here's something that is an interesting dynamic with us if i said go disciple the nations where would you begin which nation are you going to Uh, oh my family you got any pagans around your place we give birth to sinners not saints i got 12 grandchildren now daughters are saved Whew, got that over with. Now I got twelve grandchildren, and I'm not sure that. Oh, I'm, I know they're not all safe. But I ought to go to South America. There's where the nations are. Jay Vernon McGee used to say he'd get more money. He could raise more money to send to Africa than he could to reach L.A. Because L.A. was right near. It was in their backyard. Go there. And we're going to be looking at, start this way. In your world, do you have five contacts of people who do not know Christ, and are you intentionally doing anything to reach them? or Are you mute about the subject? Are you praying over them? Are you going out of your way, going to them, uh, uh, inviting them to meals, being kind to them. All for the, You're fishing all the time. You're fishing. I'm seeking to turn you into a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, and I think that is the challenge we face today. Uh, let me give you some things that uh, uh, the early church, early Christians, they thought this way. And see if you think this way. Early Christians, they made reaching non-Christians a high priority. In the book of Acts, read throughout. They made reaching non-believers a high priority. Now, is that the priority of your life, or finding a nice church, gets out on time, good music, a pastor doesn't go too long, though it seems eternal, uh... You know what, what are you looking for? Are, are you, do you have any plans to obey this command? This is a command, by the way. And those who love Christ, obey him. They don't argue with him. This is for us to obey. I don't see that it's written only to me. I, I'm as convicted, I think, as anyone. Because where do I go all the time? I go to saint meetings. I'm going to a Monday night saint meeting. I'll be with saints in uh, planning meetings Tuesday. I'll be at a staff meeting 9.30 Wednesday, church meeting. Uh, I go out sometimes with mercy teams. Tuesday night, we have a prayer meeting. We go to people on Tuesday night. Most of my life is spent going to one group of people. Guess who they are? The saints. And what do I do with them? I'm teaching all the time. I don't catch many unsaved people because I'm never fishing for them. I'm always trying to clean up the fish that have already been caught. Do you follow me? I smell like a fish. I know that. I work with fish who are supposed to be sheep. Okay? And they're scaly. And they come in all varieties. Some are sharks and some are perch. I didn't mean to be so convicting. Two, the early church... The idea of lostness was foremost in the minds of the early church. People are lost without Christ. And this is both Jews and Gentiles. And I think it must have been such an assignment for the Jew who'd grown up at the synagogue, was always the real people of God, and these pagan Gentiles are worshiping the moon, the stars, our temple of Aphrodite is worshiping sex food, pagan, pagan, through and through, and we're the true people of God, and all of a sudden we find out we no longer are the people of God because we've not accepted Messiah. We haven't accepted this one we crucified. You're trying to tell me I need God? I know the law. I know Torah. I'm a Jew. I don't need this Christ. And then to go over here to the Greeks, we've got many gods. We don't need another God. You're saying, "Oh, wait! You're not saying he's the only way. There's many ways to God, right? There's not one way. Man, this is exclusive. Get out of here!" He said, "I'm the way, I'm the truth, and the light. There's no other way you go to the Father. Well, that's just too bigoted. That's too narrow for me." And then in America, which has become post-Christian, which is a non-Christian country had great principles upon which we were settled, but we know in the public square we're no longer in vogue. Uh, we are being thrown over. Our whole moral system is being thrown over. You're in a pagan culture. Evangelism was designed to make disciples, not get decisions. I raise my hand. So what? Have you become a follower of Christ? No. Uh, I'm still living with my girlfriend And I still cheat a little bit. And I have a little porno every week. You're not a follower of Christ. You just made a false profession. Anybody raise their hand. Are you a follower? Do you follow Christ? Do you obey Christ? Obey his commands.
1: And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship